This is the quarter hour podcast. It's five past six Arabian Standard Time. That's for the ESL students. It's 6.05 p.m. Arabian Standard Time. Omar WJ speaking. It's 46 outside right now. And um, I think it's going to get into the 30s tonight. Just a second. Just a Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's going to get down there. So um, you can put your um, um, winter coat on, I guess. I'm just joking. Um, excuse me. Um, let's, uh, uh, Jacob Zuma from South Africa, the former, um, leader that's in jail was taken to the hospital and they don't know why. They also let him go to a family funeral. Um, Kandahar, the city that is supposed to be, um, central to the rule of Afghanistan, Um, So I read once in a novel, if you control Kandahar, you control uh, Afghanistan. Um, The Taliban are putting pressure on there. Um, And a media, government media official was killed in, um, in um, Kabul, the capital. Uh, let me play some short things first. This is going to be a long show today. This is from National Geographic. Um, I've always been told that National Geographic gets things right. Although I know they've uh, got things wrong before because of their... Um, the answer to the to the public. Uh, wild U.S. deer found with coronavirus antibodies. This is by Dina Fine Marone. This is published August second, twenty twenty one. White-tailed deer, a species found in every U.S. state except Alaska and most likely Hawaii appear to be contracting the coronavirus in the wild, according to the first study to search for evidence of an outbreak in wild deer. The USDA, United States Department of Agriculture, analyzed blood samples from more than 600 deer in Michigan, Illinois, New York, and Pennsylvania over the past decade, and they discovered that 40% of the 152 wild deer tested from January through March um, this year had antibodies to SARS-CoV-2, the virus that causes COVID-19. Another three deer from January 2020 also had antibodies. Their presence means that deer likely had encountered the virus and then fought it off. The animals didn't appear sick, so they probably had... So what the American right wants to keep on saying is, oh, get COVID and you'll be okay. 
the Republican governors from Florida and Texas on Tuesday and urged them to follow rather than oppose public health guidelines. What are we doing? As the United States races to contain the spread of the Delta variant of the coronavirus, particularly in southern states with relatively low vaccination rates. These two states, Florida and Texas, account for one-third of all new COVID-19 cases in the entire country. Some governors aren't willing to do the right thing to beat this pandemic. Then they should allow businesses and universities who want to do the right thing to be able to do it. Florida and Louisiana have emerged as the latest hotspots in the United States, with both reporting record numbers of hospitalized COVID patients straining hospitals there. In Louisiana, intensive care unit nurse Felicia Croft, who has been on the front line since the pandemic began, said the current wave of COVID-19 has been the toughest for her. The Delta wave that we're seeing now, people are younger and sicker, and we are intubating and losing people that are my age and younger. The outbreak in Louisiana prompted Democratic Governor John Bell Edwards to order residents to wear masks again indoors. But in Florida, which has reported roughly a fifth of all new U.S. cases, Governor Ron DeSantis has opposed COVID-19 restrictions and last week issued an executive order blocking mask mandates in the state schools. The U.S. is now averaging about seven. Yeah, I wonder what that means. Like if you can't wear a mask, if you go to school. Um, This is about uh, East Jerusalem. A lot of uh, um, people speaking Hebrew and speaking Arabic. Um, You know, it's uh, the Israeli Jews have set themselves up as the victims there. This is on commondreams.org, and this is Brett Wilkins. This is August 3rd. Palestinian families facing ethnic cleansing from their Sheikh Jarrah neighborhood in occupied East Jerusalem on Monday rejected a so-called compromise offer from Israel's Supreme Court which would allow them to remain in their homes if they recognize as rightful owners the Israeli settler group trying to steal the properties. Under the Israeli high court proposal for Palestinian families and dozens of others threatened with a forced expulsion from the Sheikh Jarrah Jarrah neighborhood would remain in the neighborhood as protected tenants who could not be evicted as long as they acknowledged that Nahalat Shimon Company, a right-wing settler organization, dating back to the early years of 
Zionist colonization of Palestine as a lawful owner and pay 465 U.S. in annual rent. The problem isn't the money, but the question of recognizing Nahalat Shimon as the owner. The Palestinians refuse to. For their part, representatives of the settlers demand explicit Palestinian recognition of ownership of the land under the buildings and are promised not to raise further claims in the future. The Palestinians absolutely refused, wrote Nur Hassan. Um, okay. Um, it's common sense. You know, um, the Palestinians were there and then the etc etc um it's terrible um so let me see this is about Beirut it's a big explosion in Beirut and the harbor this uh, ship full of fertilizer blew up Explosions the world has ever seen. And it happened exactly a year ago in Beirut, Lebanon, when hundreds of tons of ammonium nitrate tore through the city with such force it actually triggered a tremor across the entire country. It was so loud, it was so devastating, it was heard on the island of Cyprus. That's more than 180 miles away. Almost 8,000 people were injured. More than 200 people were killed immediately. $15 billion were incurred in property damages. For weeks, the world was on edge because it was immediately suspected that Lebanon... So, um, in, um, near Houston, there's this, uh, um, place called Texas City. And, um, there was this ship getting loaded with, uh, fertilizer. And it was getting so hot that the sea next to it was boiling. And the ship blew up. And this anchor flew a couple of miles. And it's still in a park there. I never went to the park. Um, I think I've only been to Texas City once to work. And it's... It's, um, it's a slum with refineries. I'm just... Uh, Calling it, calling it what it is. Um, um, poor people aren't getting a cut of anything. Um. Russians are accused of doping because they got so many medals at the Olympics. Um, a uh, just a moment here. Um, a former high school Oregon um, janitor is accused of attempted second-degree murder and other criminal charges after police say he made significant steps to carry out a mass casualty event. Christopher Clay, 24, is being held in the Jackson County Jail on $2 million bail following his initial court hearing Thursday 
in Kerr County, Texas, they locked up this other nut. Um, and, um, I mean, is basically they've got the weapons and ammunition. And um, in Kerr County, this guy had um, all these flags, including... Okay, I'm not going to say anything about... You can look it up. K-E-R-R County. Um, This is about... uh, Conservatives realize they can't win democratically. They won't abandon conservatism. They will reject democracy. And that's a cute quote. You know, it paints them in a light that is very... Well, childish. I didn't realize it was true. Two polls. One says 63% of Republicans do not feel that democracy is working. The second says 67% of Republicans feel that voting is not a right. It's a privilege. Something that can be revoked by their betters. The Republican Party, the base of the Republican Party, is primed for dictatorship. They have abandoned democracy. They have abandoned the representative government that the United States has. The Constitution calls for. They've given up on it. Americans will ignore these numbers at their peril. These are alarmingly high numbers because government is an illusion. It is an illusion. It's a lot like a dollar. It controls your life. It really only has power because you believe that it does. Those numbers are high. High enough to cause significant issues. And those numbers are that high because a group of self-serving individuals called the election into question without evidence. It might be time for Congress to subpoena everyone, everyone who has backed these claims and demand their evidence. And if they lie, get charged with perjury right then on the spot. No time to amend your answer. Nothing. The numbers, they can't go unchecked. This has to be addressed because it will continue to grow in our current climate with our current talking heads. It will continue to grow. They will push authoritarianism. They will push dictatorship. That is where we are headed. Those numbers are too high for this climate. If there is a lack of accountability for the actions that have occurred since the election, will only grow. It won't be a blip in American history. It will be a trial run. It will be practice for the main event because they have their base primed. Their base rejects the founding principles of this country. They believe that democracy isn't working and they don't believe that you have a right to vote. It's a privilege. It's a privilege. Something that can be revoked and it will be. This, this can't be ignored. Now, I am somebody, I, I've said that voting is the least effective form of civic engagement. But for many, it's their only form. The ability to say yay or nay about little issues and who represents them. That's all they have. And that voice, once gone, it is impossible to get back without dramatic events. Those in the seat of power who claim that they want to defend democracy, who want to defend the institutions of this country, they have to do it. Now is the time. You can't wait. These numbers are too high. This is alarming. 67% of Republicans feel that voting is a privilege. It is not a right. 
ask them that about gun ownership. This isn't a semantic thing where they don't understand what right means versus privilege. They know. They don't care. They have given away their self-determination. They have said, these group of people, this group of people over here, they know what's best for me, and I will do what I'm told like an obedient lackey. They don't even want a voice. It's a privilege. Probably trying to ensure the purity of the ballot box. For all of those politicians, hashtag resistance. Now's your time. Now is your time. And you had better do something before the midterms. Anyway, it's just a thought. You have a good day. So that was Bo of the fifth column. He, uh, he's uh, a pretty good uh, speaker, I think. In my humble opinion. And this is on to the main event of today's show. California Gold Rush was in 1849, and they have this on the AP News about this Gold Rush era town, town that was uh, founded in, in the Gold Rush days, and it's nothing but ashes. You can see burned out cars. Um, and this photo... Um, I mean, there's, you can still see cinder blocks, so it just went through the town. Um, uh, this town's name is Greenville, and it had a thousand people. Um, uh, my grandmother's dining room chairs, my great aunt's. Uh, bed from Italy. There's a photo I keep visualizing in my mind of my son when he was two. He's 37 now. At first you think it's okay. I have the negatives. And then you realize, oh no, I don't. Um, so it's um, the three week old Dixie Fire was one of the most, one was one of the hundred active large fires burning in 14 states, most in the West, where historic drought has left hands, left lands parched and ripe for ignition. The Dixie fire had consumed about 432,000, 433,000 acres, that's 676 square miles, 750 1,751 square kilometers. So um, the conversion is 2.4 acres is one hectare for those who um, really want to know. Hezbollah says it fired rockets after Israeli airstrikes. This is the AP News. Um, I saw something on the AP News about Hiroshima, so it got nuked, I think the anniversary is um, August 9th, Um, two coaches removed from Tokyo Olympics and Belarus um, Olympics, survivors of acid acid attacks and Mexico unite for to push for change. Oh gosh, there's this terrible picture of this um, woman. 
Um, Elisa X-O-L-A-L-P-A has had three daughters and found a job she enjoys since a former boyfriend tried to destroy her life by tossing acid on her when she was 18. Um, um, how she, um, looks alright with, um, in another photo, but, um, um, uh, she pushes plants from her greenhouse to a taxi she'll use to get to the market where she sells them in Mexico City. Oh, terrible scars on her arms. Um, I, when I worked at this convenience store as a student, this was uh, 1994, this guy used to come in and his face was scarred and I used to face force myself to look at him directly can I get long COVID if I'm infected after vaccination is an AP headline um don't want to get infected it's unclear but researchers are studying the chances of long term symptoms so uh this guy I heard described as a wanker. I always thought he was a good journalist. His name is Richard Quest. Um, he said that he had COVID-19 and that his, um, he feels, his brain feels foggy sometimes. Um, excuse me. Felix sets a record, wins bronze for 10th Olympic medal. Allison Felix finished third in the 400 meters Friday to win her 10th career medal and become the most decorated woman in the history of Olympic track. She's 35 years old and she's from the Bahamas, I guess. Or, I'm not sure. Oh, she's an American. Excuse me. Just looking at this, uh, picture um we're a woman from the Bahamas one um excuse me for um speaking incorrectly um sumo removed but equestrian course designer defense choice so they had a picture of this um sumo wrestler by um a jump in um um in the equestrian race this is for the horses where they're jumping in the olympics that's a sport and um um they were afraid afraid that the horses would get spooked okay in the gulf of mexico there's this area of water that's uh, one or sixteen thousand four hundred five square kilometers, where there's low ox- oxygen and uh, fish can't swim there. Um, river discharge that drained into the Gulf of Mexico was above normal normal for the three weeks before the week long 
survey started on July 25th. It was conducted by scientists from Louisiana State University and the Louisiana University's Marine Consortium. Because of all the islands, um, Louisiana has one of the longest coastlines or the longest coastline in the USA, so I heard. And um, a lot of uh, um, a lot of coastline is getting swallowed up. I saw this um, a woman showing where the, the water had gone up by her house. A thick white band of newly exposed rock face, face stretches high above boaters' heads at Lake Powell, uh, creating a sharp contrast against the famous red desert terrain as their vessels weave through tight canyons that were once underwater. It's a dark, it's a stark reminder of how reminder of how far the water level has fallen at the massive reservoir on the Utah-Arizona border. Just last year, it was more than 15 meters higher. At Lake Powell, tents are tucked along shorelines that haven't seen water for years. Bright-colored jet skis fly across the water by passing kayakers, water skiers, and fishermen under a blistering desert sun. I know that there was this uh, community out there um, of Native Americans, and it's uh, famous for the uh, abandoned... um, um, mud brick um, buildings and um, the reason it was abandoned was because they had a record drought and it went on long enough that they abandoned the uh, community so this is the American West has had drought but the American West has always lived as if uh, there wasn't going to be any drought and in Texas, they're running out of water, so I heard. Um, Hiroshima on Friday marked the 76th anniversary of the world's first atomic bomb- bombing as the mayor of the Japanese city. Okay, so today is August 6th. Okay. Um, I think I'm confused with Nagasaki. Excuse me, pardon me. Um, so I went to or Nagasaki, and um, this is a long time ago. But first they took you, to, it was on a guided tour. First they took you to Ground Zero, the Ground Zero Museum. And I don't remember seeing shadows on the wall. Uh, shadows on the water where the people are vaporized and the uh, only thing that is that's left of them is the temperature difference that was made of from their bodies being vaporized um, 
So the mayor says of Hiroshima says nuclear weapons developed to win wars are a threat of total annihilation that we can certainly end if all nations work together. So on that guided tour in Nagasaki, we went to the Ground Zero Museum. Then we went to the scenic high point in the in the city because it's.、Uh, Um, I mean, Japan's got a lot of mountains. You know, they have、uh, skiing at the Winter Olympics at the Northern Island, and、um, so、uh, Nagasaki's surrounded by mountains. And、um, from the scenic high point, you could see everything that had been destroyed. You could imagine everything that was destroyed.、Um, there's this. Poet named Lawrence Ferlinghetti, and he was—I'm、uh, um, not sure exactly. I think he was a navigator, and so he was—he sp- spoke about walking across houses, okay, that were vaporized. The United States dropped the world's first atomic bomb on Hiroshima on August sixth, nineteen forty-five. Okay, destroying the city and killing one hundred forty thousand people. It dropped a second bomb three days later on Nagasaki, killing seventy thousand. Japan surrendered on August fifteenth. It took them a week to decide to surrender. Okay, I'm excuse me for.、Um, My tone of voice, but um, um, I mean,、um, I remember some kind of anecdote where people heard a plane, and so I guess、uh, the strategy was to send in a plane, and then the main body of bombers would come afterwards. And、um, only one plane came and、um, dropped the nuke.、Um, I think they had another plane with them. So、um, uh, countries stockpiled nuclear weapons during the Cold War, and a standoff continues to this day. Okay, there's still thousands of nuclear warheads in the world. The Chinese are building nuclear silos right now. I've seen、um, in the newspaper or a, a magazine. Maybe I still got the pictures of the.、Uh, it's everything is a People's Liberation Army. Even the Navy is part of the People's Liberation Army. And the uh, um, missile division is its own separate. There's the army, the navy, the air force, and the missile division. Prime Minister Yoshida Suga did not mention the treaty in his speech at the Hiroshima Peace Park ceremony. Matsui renewed his demand that Japan's government immediately sign and ratify the treaty on the. Prohibition of nuclear weapons. The treaty lacks support not only from the nuclear weapon states, in- 
including the United States, but also from many countries that do not possess nuclear weapons, Suga said. Um, his name is S-U-G-A. Um, Prime Minister Yoshihida Suga. Um, so after the ceremony, Suga apologized for inadvertently skipping parts of his speech. The sections that were dropped included a pledge to pursue efforts toward achieving a nuclear-free world as head of the world's only country to have suffered atomic attacks. So when Reagan met Gorbachev, and I think this was like when he was in Berlin and said, Gorbachev, tear this wall down, which the American right loves to repeat. Um, um, Gorbachev, according to a translated anecdote I heard on TV, had suggested, let's get rid of all the nukes. As of March in Japan, 127,755 survivors whose average age is now almost 84 are certified as Hibakusha and eligible for government medical support. Okay. It's pretty sad. It's very sobering to go to Nagasaki and go to that Ground Zero Museum even though I didn't look so carefully. Um... And then you go to the scenic high point in the city. Um, and then, you know, I remember this. At, they also took us to the Peace Park where there's a big statue standing and doing things symbolic, symbolically. Okay, like having the hands open, etc. Gosh, this, this podcast is getting so long. Excuse me. Um, so let me let me get okay. Okay. Um, I know that uh, um, you know I was a young prospect when I was in the armed forces. Joined my first uh, vessel when I was uh, a teenager. I left there uh, um, when I was 21, and I used to have to uh, come there, even go there even when the ship was in the shipyard, um, which is normal. But I had to spend nights on the uh, on this barge that was for. Uh, letting you sleep on there um, when you were supposed to be your duty on the ship um, but I had this uh, I was part of the Quebec team and the Quebec team was supposed to uh, in case there was a nuclear accident 
Um, they had everything organized, nuclear weapon accident, and I was uh, at a decontamination uh, center where people who were contaminated would come in. Um, um, they would uh, take a shower and then um, come out and we would check them with a, a Geiger counter. Um, um, and, you know, the ship was shut down. Um, I had to, uh, you weren't allowed to move around the ship, but I had, you know, we're, we're there and we're eating lunch um, and I saw the what I think was a nuclear weapon and uh, it's just the size of a regular bomb which is you know about two meters long and then the, you know a bigger as big around as a uh, um, a, a small trash can um, you know, I wasn't out there walking around, and I, I just saw that. So I'm sure that's big enough for uh, the Hiroshima um, bomb. And only like a less than 10% of the, of the um, uranium um, exploded. I believe that the bomb... On Nagasaki was a plutonium bomb, um, and again, like less than ten uh, percent. But they've uh, since then they've uh, come up with a hydrogen bomb. The world's biggest nuclear bomb was uh, exploded by the Russians, and that was a, a fusion bomb, a hydrogen bomb. Um, and it's just, you know, I'm not a peace, well, I am a peacenik, you know, I'm for peace. You know, you can, what did Al Capone say? A kind word will get you a long way, and a kind word and a gun gets you farther. Um, okay, so we can talk about that later. I will speak about that later. Excuse my manner of speaking. Seems like I was gonna say something else, and I can't remember what it is. So, um, that's the 39-minute quarter-hour podcast today, but um, I've got everything said that I wanted, uh, that I've recorded. So, this is Omar WJ. The primary goal is to entertain, secondary goal is to instruct. Um, um, oh, Lawrence Ferlinghetti was a navigator on uh, on ships. I think he was um, a master on a small vessel at D-Day. Okay, um, he passed away, um, and it's uh, you know the world is diminished, but you know I think he was almost a hundred. So you can't really ask for more. If any of you have seen uh, Jimmy Carter and heard him speak, the last time I heard him speak live, 
this other woman was um, saying what Jimmy Carter was saying. So, uh, you know, um, I want to live as long as I can. Um, This is, uh, so, um, quarter hour podcast, and it's uh, quarter to seven. Um, It's 6.45 p.m. Arabian Standard Time.